You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everyone. This is Locked On Boston College. This is AJ Black, editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. Welcome, everyone. If you've not already, make sure that you go to your favorite podcast directory, whether that's Apple, Spotify, um, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever you use. And when you're listening to this podcast, go and follow and subscribe to our podcast because this is a daily Boston College podcast, something you're not going to find anywhere else. There's a lot of other great podcasts out there, but no one does it every day. And I am proud to do this for all of you guys out there. So make sure you subscribe and share us with any of your friends and family that like Boston College Athletics. In today's episode, we have three things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the basketball game coming up tonight between Minnesota and Boston College in the ACC and Big Ten tournament. We're going to talk about transfers, and we're going to talk about bowl games. Transfers, I think in terms of football, I want to talk about the whole landscape of what's going on in college football and look ahead at what Boston College could do in the next season. Uh, but we're going to talk with basketball first. Let's, ju- let's jump off with that. Tonight at 7 p.m., Boston College is going to take on Minnesota um, in the ACC Big Ten Tournament. Now, last year, Boston College played a pretty bad Northwestern team and got smoked in the ACC Big Ten Tournament. This is a big game for Boston College. They've lost three out of their four, first four games of this uh, season, and they're about to jump into ACC play when they play Syracuse this weekend. Minnesota's probably the most beatable team coming up for them. Uh, Minnesota is 4-0, but if you look at their schedule and who they've played, they really haven't beat anybody. They've they played um, Green Bay, two games against Loyola Marymount, and a game against North Dakota. Not exactly a Villanova, Florida, and St. John's that Boston College has played. But I don't, I don't put this past that this is a game that Boston College could lose. You know, you know Minnesota is a team that can score. They've averaged 82.5 uh, points per game. They are, um, they're a good team that passes. They're right in the middle of the conference in that. And, you know, they've got a guard, Marcus Carr, who's averaged 26.5 points a game and six assists. So this is a team that needs a win. And they're playing a Boston College team that's going to be hungry as well. But what is Boston College going to need to do in this game? What can Boston College do to stop the slide? Because the season's falling away from them pretty quickly. You know, you've lost three games. I know there have been good opponents, but you need to start getting some wins in if you really want to get into March. So what does Boston College need to do? First of all, they need to score points. Now, the first thing you're going to say is, well, they need to play better defense. I'm going to say this is a team that probably isn't going to be able to play good defense. And it's going to be something that's going to struggle with all year long. So how is Boston College going to beat teams? They're going to score lots of points. They have to. You need to get Jay Heath going. You need to get Winston Tabs going. And and you need to somehow figure a way to get Makai Ashton Langford into that offense. Because when he's going and when he is driving to the hoop, he gets the, the, the points going and he gets the scoring going for Boston College. It's just that sometimes it seems like 
he gets into foul trouble or he's off the court or he's just not in the groove, and that costs Boston College. Now, this team can score points. They've got offense all over the place, they, you know, and, and they're deep enough that they have guys on the bench that can score now, too. You've added in James Carnick. Um, you have Rich Kelly, DeMar Ashton Langford. I mean, DeMar Langford, excuse me. So you've got some bench players that can put some points up. And, and of course, the starters. C.J. Felder is averaging over 15 points a game right now. And, and those guys are going to need to put up like 80, 82 points for this team to win because Boston College's defense is going to give up easy baskets. It's going to be frustrating to watch because they do that. Now, the other thing Boston College needs to do is stop making stupid mistakes. Now, I feel like this is the same thing we say about football because the football team was doing the same thing all year too. But the careless, unforced errors in basketball was what killed them in many of these games. Bad passes, dribbling off your foot, doing things like that, that's going to kill Boston College against anybody because you can't just give away possessions like that. And that's what they were doing. Now, that's going to be something they're going to need to change. You know, every team's going to make mistakes, but Boston College needs to, to tighten it up a little bit. Get into the, uh, a better groove and, and stop just you know going long periods of time where they're just constantly making mistakes. The other issue that they need to fix is free throw shooting. I, I, it seems to be a hallmark of Jim Christian's off uh, his uh, programs that teams are just struggling as, as free throw shooters. Now, it's not going to be like this team is going to shoot 90% from the free throw line. That's not reasonable. But it should be reasonable that they shoot 80-85% from the free throw line. Uh, or eight, let's say 80%. Because right now, last game, I think they shot 60%. And they've just been inconsistent all year long. And that's just giving up free points. It's it's inexcusable. You know, you don't you have a talent gap on this team, right? You're not bringing in blue bloods like you are like a Duke or UNC. You need to do the small things right to win. That's what Al Skinner always did. He had guys that could do all the small things, and they won because of that. And I think it's a big issue with Christian's squad is that they don't do the right the small things consistently. You'll see it here and there, but for spurts of and, and it's always in spurts and flows it's never consistent and i think that's a big issue and something they're going to need to change and i don't know if it's too late to change i mean it's this is year seven so this is a new squad maybe there's a new makeup of this group and they're going to pull it all together but i haven't seen it yet so those are some big things i think they're going to need to do to beat minnesota a team that bc should match up in in terms of um Talent wise, they're not. Neither team is more talented than the other. It's not. It's not like the Florida Gators that had two All Americans versus BC, who's got some guys that are not. Um, also, this is an interesting game because this is two match. It's a matchup between two coaches that came into the season on the scorching red hot seat: Jim Christian and Richard Pitino. Pitino and Rich and Christian, I think most of last year were like one and two on the hot seat in terms of like most like articles that you read. So it's an interesting, it's going to be an interesting go for them. This is going to be the first big matchup for Minnesota. Can they actually play a team that has some talent? Because, you know, they've played, you know, North North Dakota and Loyola Marymount and not in the same league right now as an ACC squad. Loyola Marymount has had time, you know, they've had games, but they're just not there yet. Uh, So, it's going to be interesting to see. You can catch this game on ESPNU at 7 o'clock. And after the game, check us out on Facebook. I'm going to do a stream that's kind of like this, but I'm just going to be talking about the game that we just watched. It's on our Facebook page. So if you go to Boston College SI, 
you'll find our page. It's BC Bulletin. And I do a live stream where I answer questions. I, I read comments. I, I talk about what I saw. It's like a live podcast that you can check out. So what you need to do is you need to go to Facebook and like or follow Boston College SI so you know when I go live because uh, you're going to want to know what I have to think because if you're listening to this, you care what I you care at least, I think, what I have to say. So after the game, you might want to hear uh, my thoughts on what Boston College did. Again, that's Facebook, Boston College SI. In a moment, we're going to talk about the world of the transfer portal. But first, I want to talk about Coors Light. Do you ever feel like you're going, going, going? Man, every day for me feels like that. It's between family stuff and getting work done and and handling everything that's going on in my life and finding time for myself just doesn't seem a priority at this point. With work, family, friends, there's a million things going on and I just need to find moments to turn off and hit reset. I'm guessing you guys need that too. That's when you need to reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Now, it's a Tuesday. As I said, Boston College is on. Nothing beats watching a BC game with a beer. And nothing beats watching a BC game with Coors Light. Coors Light is cold filtered, cold lagered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Next Friday is going to be the special first annual Locked On Boston College Christmas special, where I'm going to go through the Christmas lists of all the Boston College teams. I'm going to go through what presents have been left behind, who the Grinch has been for Boston College, and a whole lot more. It's going to be a whole Christmas-themed episode, and it's going to come to you next Friday, so you're not going to want to miss that. It's the Locked On Boston College Christmas Special. Make sure you check that one out. Now, I had mentioned I want to talk to you all about transfers. You know, Boston College ended their season just two days ago. And, you know, they could still be playing in a bowl game. It's, and that's what we're going to talk about in the third section, uh, third segment. But Brett McMurphy of the stadium announced today that already in college football, there's 120 college football players that have announced that they're going to enter the transfer portal. And that's just starting. This offseason is going to be crazy with transfers going to and from every school. And I doubt Boston College is going to be uh, an outlier in this. I think they're going to definitely be a school that's going to be bringing in recruit uh, transfers and probably going to lose a few players to transfers. So let's look at where Boston College could end up trying to grab some transfers. Now, let's, let's caveat this whole conversation that there's a possibility any guy on this, co- on this roster seniors included, could be coming back next year. So guys like Max Richardson, if he decided that his draft stock wasn't as high as he thought and Boston College wanted him back, he could come back. Guys like Chabuzian Wuka, Luke Beckett, same thing. Because college football said that every player is king. This is a this 2020 season is basically a freebie, so they could all come back. And I don't know who Jeff Halfley's going to bring back. I don't know what player's interested, what player's not. So I can't. Um, I can't predict that. For the sake of this conversation, let's pretend all the players decide to graduate and move on. All those seniors are going to leave. 
where does Boston College need to address needs in the transfer portal? They're going to obviously have kids that are going to come up through their uh, that have been recruited that are, are going to uh, progress and play, but they're going to need some players. And there's definitely positions they're going to need to fill in the transfer portal. I have to say the biggest need is going to be the defensive line. You're going to be returning if everything stays the same. Marcus Valdez and Cameron Horsley, who is a defensive tackle that kind of stepped in late. You lose everyone else. Uh, and Sh- uh, Shatai Salah, he's going to also be back. Um, but I don't know if he's going to start or not. Now, as if you look at that group, you need a playmaker, especially on the defensive end. Valdez and Salah, they had their moments. But will they progress to be a playmaker? If Jeff Halfley sees on the transfer portal a player, kind of like what Max Roberts did, that could make a difference, especially in the pass rush, I imagine he's going to take him. He's going to go after an interior defensive lineman, I bet, and I bet he's going to go after a defensive end at this point. Those are two big needs. And there's guys that are going to possibly step up, but you're talking you know, sophomores and, and younger kids, the guys that will probably be a little lower on that depth chart and can probably get some snaps I don't know if they're going to be ready to just jump in and immediately be playmakers. Guys like, you know, Isaiah Henderson. But really, at the defensive end depth chart, they're going to need to bring in some guys. They re- they have to. So that's going to be a position I think you're going to see. And, and as I said, there's 120 guys already out there. I'm going to guess there's probably going to be way more. So defensive line will be a big one. Linebacker is going to be another big one. Now, Isaiah McDuffie will be back, and that's great. But you're going to need another linebacker next to him. Now, on the roster, there's a bunch of linebackers that look like they could jump up and play. Joe Sparacio missed this year due to injury. He could be a a guy that jumps in. Hugh Davis, um, Vinny DePalma is coming back. But my biggest concern with those groups of, of linebackers are they are players that were made for Steve Adazio's uh, 4-3 system. And we saw what Max Richardson could and couldn't do this year. He struggled against some of the more mobile quarterbacks, and he uh, was, you know, he got exposed. I worry that if you go into next year with like a Sparacio and McDuffie, you're going to have the same issues that you had this year. Those guys are, sl- I think, are, are slower than Max Richardson, and they're going to struggle. And I think what Jeff Halfley wants when he looks at his linebackers are speedy guys, those tweeners, right? If you look at the recruits that they've been bringing in, guys like Trevin Wallace and Bryce Steele, those are guys that could play safety, they could play linebacker, they're speedy, but they can hit. I I mean, I see the talent on this roster. I just don't see the guys that fit what Halfley's doing. So I have to wonder if he's going to go, if he sees a linebacker that does fit that, he's going to go out there and get him. So that could be something that happens. On the offensive side, God forbid Hunter Long leaves. Tight end's going to be a position that I think they're going to have to address. You can't go into next year. Spencer Witter did a nice job, but he's not the answer at tight end. He's a nice tight end, too, um, but he's not a tight end one. Uh, you know, he's a good blocking tight end, but he's you're going to have a huge drop-off if you're going from Hunter Long to Spencer Witter. And no offense to, to Witter. It's just the truth, right? Now, look at the depth chart again. Joey Lucchetti, he, who's out all last this year, uh, he was a tight end. He was a defensive end. I don't know where Halfley sees him playing. Um, he could jump in. Charlie Gordonier, 
Um, another tight end. He's probably the next big guy, I think. But I don't know if he's there yet. He's a redshirt freshman. Maybe he needs one more year. He's a guy that would go would look nice as a tight end three next year. But you need to, you're gonna if Hunter Long leaves, you're gonna need another tight end. Now this is a good time for me to say. I don't think it's a bad time for Hunter Long to stay in college. As long as he's not afraid of getting the 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 fear of hurt, being hurt is obviously there. But he's going to be like the third or fourth tight end in this draft behind Kyle Pitts, Pat Freemer of um and I'm probably messing his name up from Penn State. And then I'm sure there's another one I'm missing. But if he stayed, there's a good possibility he'd be the number 1 tight end in the draft class next year. So I don't know who's talking to him yet, but just a thought. Maybe he might be a guy that should stay. But, you know, I can't say anything because, you know, you only have X amount of years of, of good, viable play. So if he decides to go, that makes sense too. But So tight end something that they, they could go at. The last position I wouldn't be surprised is the running back position. Now you may say, oh, David Bailey's coming back, Patrick Garwo's coming back, um, and Travis Levy's gone. But look at that depth chart. All those running backs are made for Steve Adazio's offense. You saw it this year, right? David Bailey was did not have a great year. Patrick Garwo was pretty ineffective. Travis Levy was fine at points, but he wasn't like your every down back. You need a speed back on this on this team. You need a pounder, and you you'll have those guys for next year. But you need someone else to kind of to be that guy that can be in the pass game that can run. And they don't. I don't see them having that unless they're going to go with a true freshman. They've got a couple guys, you know, Xavier Coleman and Bond. Uh, both are f- a true freshmen coming in. But you know, just with college, you want to you want to ease most guys in. And with a system like Boston College, it's usually what you want to do. There's always going to be running backs out there that want to get uh, more snaps. So that's a position I honestly could see Boston College going somewhere. Now, in terms of guys that could leave, again, this is all speculation. This is just me talking about it. So if you know these guys and you're like, AJ, you're so full of crap, this is just me guessing. So don't take it personally. This is just what I'm thinking. Some guys that could possibly leave, and it wouldn't surprise me if they left, would be someone like David Bailey. David Bailey, as I said, is a power back. He didn't really find his role, and he was inconsistently used in this offense. You know, he could find an offense that wants to run the power run more often and be successful before he ends the NFL. So he could be someone I could see that enters the transfer portal. Another person I could see entering the transfer portal is Dennis Grossell. Now, he came in as a walk-on, but what we saw on Saturday shows me that he can play and that he should be able to start. And next year, with Phil Jakovic coming back, he is not going to start. So why shouldn't Grossell think about going to a Mac school or any school that needs a quarterback that he could play right away. I think it makes sense for him, and I don't blame him. If he wants to go play and play all year, maybe he's the guy that enters the transfer portal. So he could be someone I could see. And then the linebackers. As I said before, they're made for a different system. So maybe these are guys that decide, hey, I'm not going to find my role here because they're going in a different direction. So maybe some of those linebackers decide, I'm going to go transfer someplace else. So all I can say is this transfer portal period is going to be the most insane period of activity that you've ever seen. Because if they're going to go in the uh, in the in the direction of allowing players to not have to sit out a year, lots of players that are deciding, hey, my coach is gone. 
I'm not getting the playing time I want. This isn't what I thought it was. I want to be closer to home. They're all going to just throw their hat in the transfer portal. And so check out BC Bulletin because I'm going to have to, I'm going to be busy all off season logging and talking about what happens on the transfer portal. Cause I think it's going to be busy in a moment. We're going to talk about bowls and where Boston college could end up. But before we do, I want to talk to you about built go built go is a solution to breaking through your wall. As I've talked about numerous times on this podcast, my wall is between two and three o'clock when my brain turns into a nice soft jelly and I can't think creatively anymore. I can't think logistically anymore. It's just, it's just a mess and I need something to pick me up. That, when I reach for built go, a 1.5 ounce package that's perfect for your suitcase, your bag, your golf bag, whatever you're doing to, to, to get to work. It's a workout gel. It's the best one on the market. It's like a five hour energy drink but without the crash, it's even better than coffee. I mean, that's usually what I go to is my, you know, getting going through and getting a nice coffee. But after about three hours after that, I'm right back even worse than I was before. But that's not what I feel when I have Built Go. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. The best part of this energy gel, Built Go has three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Now, how does this work so well? I mean, like, why should I have this instead of coffee? Well, here's why. It's loaded with the good stuff to ignite my work. Beta alanine, B3 honey, and just a kick of caffeine. Perfect to keep you going. Now, Built Go has a special promotion going on right now. Enter the code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go! This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Thank you all so much for following and listening to our podcast. It really means a lot that you have chosen Locked On Boston College as your place to go for Boston College sports and analysis. Now, our final segment, we're going to talk about bowls. No, we're not talking about mixing bowls. No, we're not talking about those bowls that you do and did in college that got you in trouble with your parents. We're talking about bowls for college football. Now, As I mentioned in previous episodes, four uh, ACC bowls have already been canceled due to COVID-19. The Fenway Park Bowl, the Pinstripe Bowl, the Holiday Bowl, and the, the Sun Bowl are all off the table. So what does Boston College end up doing this bowl season? I think most likely there's going to be more bowls that are going to get canceled, but as I said in a previous podcast, they could go to a exhibition series where they play just some random team that, you know, fits their schedule. But I don't think, the more I think about it, I think the bowls are going to happen. You know, <laughs> this is going to sound crass, but they're they're happening in states that have more lax COVID uh, protocols. You know, they're in the Floridas, the Texas, the Louisianas. And I think those bowls are just going to end up happening. And, and there's too much money in media for it to, to not happen. So today, it was a bowl that I didn't even realize was associated with the ACC. And that is the Boca Raton Bowl. That just I saw that they were looking at an ACC school. Now, they're not on the list of ACC um, bowls. But I, I, at this point, I just take all the ACC, the, all the affiliations, throw them out the window because I think they're just going to pick the best teams possible. And I think 
it wouldn't be surprised if some of these lower bowls are like, oh, we can get ACC teams instead of, you know, University of Louisiana, Lafayette or whatever. We're going to do that instead. So I'm going to say that, that you know, I think BC is going to find a bowl. The Boca Raton Bowl already asked one team to join, and that was the uh, was UCF. And they said that an ACC team could play them. Now, this would be a lower mid-card ACC Bowl, so it fits right in where Boston College could be, and it would be, I think it would be a good fit, honestly, and I, I like the matchup. UCF obviously is a good school. Uh, they have one of the best quarterbacks in the country, Dylan Gabriel, and I, the one thing that I've been looking at when I think of what team should Boston College play, I'm going, not a mobile quarterback, and Dylan Gabriel fits that. He's not really a mobile quarterback. He's, he can run a little bit, but he's not like a Brennan Armstrong. He's not a Mikhail Cunningham. So it's a good matchup for Boston College. I'd love to see them play the Knights. The other bowl I saw was the Military Bowl, and I, I'm already hearing lots of listeners gro- groaning, but at least it's not like you're going to travel to this game, so it doesn't really matter. As long as Boston College gets a game, I think at this point we should be happy. Now, the two uh, projections I saw was Boston College versus Memphis and Boston College versus South Carolina. Now, Memphis would be a good a good matchup. You know, this is a team with a with a new coach this year. Uh, their coach Mike Novell just went to Florida State. Again, another team that does not have a super uh, mobile quarterback, so yay, go with that. Um, and they're 6 and 3. Um, I don't think they're going to be like a team like Cincinnati last year that's going to go into a bowl game and smoke Boston College. I think that'll be a good game. Now, the other team I saw that was uh, in, in the military bowl is South Carolina. Now, South Carolina is two and eight. They just fired their head coach. They just hired Shane Beamer from Oklahoma. I don't. I I, I know that bowls are um, open to everybody this year. Why South Carolina two and eight? Okay, whatever. Yeah, we, pl- please, let us play South Carolina because I think Boston College would smoke them. They're not a very good team. They're a very bad team. They just lost to Kentucky, a really bad team, um, by m- a lot. Um, I don't have the score in front of me this weekend. So, yeah, I you know, if you get either of these teams, you get an SEC school that Boston College could easily win or um, two AAC teams at Boston College would be pretty good matchups. I, I couldn't complain about that. Um, so those are three things that I saw in terms of bowls coming up for Boston College. I've also seen Navy thrown around. Sign me up for that. Anytime Boston College can play a service academy, that's always a lot of fun. Um, I think just at this point, as long as Boston College can get those extra practices and an extra 12th game, it's all it's all gravy at this point. We can't really at this point complain that they're not going to, you know, the Gator Bowl or the Sun Bowl or whatever bowl that you were hoping they're going to go to. You got to put those wishes and those expectations to the side. Just be happy that if they get to play a 12th game, let them celebrate having a good season of COVID-free football and, you know, good and a team that's going in the right direction. I think that's where Boston College needs to be. So, that's our talk. Now tomorrow, we're going to recap that Minnesota Boston College basketball game. We're going to look more into any news that's going on. And I have some more football talk because I can never stop talking about football. If you have any thoughts or something you want me to talk about on the air, hit me up at bostoncollegesi at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. And you can find our podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBC. 
Find us on Facebook. As I said earlier, we're going to be doing live streams all the time during games. That's at Boston College SI or just look up BC Bulletin. And if you haven't already, if you're a regular listener and you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please go into Apple Podcasts, write us a quick review, say what you like about our show, and give us a five-star review. It helps with their funky algorithm, and it would really help us find new listeners, and it would be a huge help for us. So thank you all. Uh, This is AJ Black, and we'll be back again tomorrow. Take care, everyone.